With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, though the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown <laughs> at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks everyone. Uh, a real bittersweet week uh, for me and my our family, and I think it, it's a reflection of uh, a lot of things that are happening all around the world. Uh, our, our beloved cat Simon passed away uh, after a sudden turn for the worst in his health, which coincided with the uh, loss of our middle son to a summer of collegiate baseball up in Wisconsin. We, we delivered him up there uh, on Sunday. He fed Simon his last meal right before he left noon on Sunday. And then the next day, our, our oldest son noticed that Simon had not touched his his food Monday morning. And uh, so that was sort of connect the dots, and he declined really fast after that. We took him to the vet the next day, Tuesday, and we're gonna we were gonna put him down uh, Wednesday, but Wednesday morning we had to alert our our middle son Thomas of this whole thing because uh, he's really our our uh, sort of Mr. Vet, Mr. Animal, Mr. Natural 
guy, and he took it really hard. But uh, we did FaceTime with Simon as we're all around him, and we kind of had this vigil going with my uh, two sons and my wife and me periodically as I'm as I'm coming back uh, late at night or early in the morning from working. But in any event, we lost Simon today at 5:12 in the afternoon. Uh, we didn't have to put him down; he died naturally in our in, in my wife's uh, car. And uh, I, I was not there at the time, but I I took him, put him in a box. I'm going to bury. We're going to. I'm going to bury him because my kids don't want to see see him. But he looks very peaceful. His eyes are wide open. Uh, he uh, he died peacefully, which is which is you know a blessing. And my wife did not want to put him down. So and I, I agreed with her. So uh, in any event, Bob Schultz was supposed to be our guest. Had a great conversation with him this afternoon uh, about updates. I'd sent him an email. He acknowledged it, and uh, uh, within about a, uh, an hour and a half or two hours prior to the call, I got a call from Bob. Uh, he had just received uh, notices for subpoenas for uh, depositions, uh, and. It's a big, mad scramble next phase of this court case that they're they're trying to pin Bob. Uh, and I, I won't go. I can't go into the details on this, but um, he he really uh, wanted to come on. But there's so much information about what he's doing that could jeopardize his ability to continue in this court case that he can't. And, and he's had this feeling. He shared with me. I I you know I email and I talk to people. And there are certain things that have happened in this case where it's it's readily uh, apparent that they are listening to the metadata of his emails and of his calls and of his attempt to defend himself as he re- reaches out to do his research. Uh, they're triangulating against him, and it's a big it's it's really really taxing his energy and his time, and, and he he just had to gracefully say you know he couldn't make it uh, again. Uh, on the call tonight, so I please keep Bob Schultz in your prayers. Uh, he needs our support in prayer and and uh, good thought, positive thoughts, positive energy. But uh, uh, hopefully, he'll be able to come on and and, and finish and continue this uh, episode number six of his life story. We have five episodes in the can so far. And he's got a lot more to share about what what he has done and what we, we the People Foundation has done uh, in this uh, saga that continue that keeps keeps going. But it's not a pretty sight for what he's going through right now, and he, he's under a, a lot a lot of pressure. So keep him in your prayers. So with, with that, uh, as I was sharing in the pre-call, uh, thoughts of Aaron Russo came up today in the passing of our of our cat Simon. I'm kind of in a uh, one of my hobbies is numbers, and uh, a pivotal day in my connection with Aaron Russo was the day I actually met him in person when I picked him up at O'Hare Airport, drove him downtown, uh, kind of the long way around because he showed me where he had his bar, called the Kinetic Playground in the late 60s, drove him along Lakeshore Drive, dropped him off at the Hard Rock Hotel where he stayed that weekend. It was March 16th in the year 2006. And that night we had a uh, uh, standing room only crowd at Transitions Bookstore for a screening of his film. And uh, the next night, uh, Friday night, uh, we had another uh, uh, place going on at the uh, WLS Radio, uh, full 
two-hour, three-hour interview down there, and then Saturday we packed the house at the Arcata Theater uh, out of, out in St. Charles, and then he did a bar called the Kinetic Playground, which happened to be uh, a bar that, that was going existing at the time, and we screened a part of his movie there. Uh, and, and there was a couple of other meetings. I think uh, Gary Franchi, I introduced uh, Gary to Aaron that weekend, but it was a real epic weekend. Uh, and uh, But anyway, that, that Friday, the March 16th, that weekend when we were out in St. Charles, there was a parade right down the center of St. Charles, and it was the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And for those who were there at that screening, uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful winter day. And uh, you came out of the theater after seeing this movie and seeing all these people, uh, you know, with their jaws dropping of what they, what they witnessed for the first time in that film. And then to witness Americana marching down the street, uh, patriotic, loving Americans coming down the street with little kids and dressed in their St. Patty's Day garb with the high school bands and everything else. That's kind of the, the dichotomy of all that is good in the light of day marching outside and all that is bad hidden behind the veils of, of, of this deep, dark state that is uh, enslaving our world. So uh, it's the memory of, uh, of Aaron Russo when I met him that day because the, the cycle that goes back, that connects today, the day that Simon passed, with that day that I met Aaron is the number 512. And that's the exact time that um, Simon passed. And that same 512 cycle, 512-day cycle, connects all the way back back to the day that Aaron was born, exactly to the day on Valentine's Day, February 14th in the year 1943. So I didn't realize Simon was into Aaron Russo <laughs> until he passed today from a numerical standpoint. But uh, there are all these threads that kind of connect us all together behind the scenes energetically and psychically and spiritually. And that's just a little simple God Week example that I thought I'd share in the beginning of this call and, and with a good memory of Aaron, both Aaron and our and our beloved uh, cat, uh, Simon Smart, who would have been, would have turned 18 at the end of uh, this, this coming July. July 27th was going to be his 18th birthday. So he l- led a very uh, long and... and, and uh, le- uh, just a wonderful life. So, so we have an open forum tonight, basically, guys. If we want to share anything, uh, one that's topic that's on the top of a lot of people's radar is the Seth Rich murder saga that just will not go away. Uh, he was a head of information and, and analytics and data for vote registration. Uh, for the DNC uh, back in 2014-15, and he was murdered uh, in the middle of the night on uh, July 10th, 2016. And uh, at Kim.com, this famous hacker slash technician slash technology multimillionaire out of out of uh, New Zealand uh, has come out and and told the whole world that he has the evidence that will categorically, without any doubt, prove that Seth Rich leaked the WikiLeaks emails, the 44,000-plus emails and 17,000 attachments uh, that the DNC and, and the left media is trying to uh, bury uh, by, by bringing up that, that it was the Russians that did it. 
when when we really don't have any proof of the Russian involvement in any of this stuff, but we have a a, a gentleman, a Seth Rich, uh, who whose whose life, whose legacy, whose story. Now he was a Bernie supporter, Bernie Sanders supporter, uh, but don't take don't let that take anything away from what what that what's happening is a lot of these Bernie Sanders supporters are really fervently maniacally interested in, in resolving and proving that Seth Rich uh, was, was, was actually murdered, assassinated by the powers that be that run the DNC and that run uh, probably much more than the DNC. So we can talk about that or we can talk about it, anything you guys want to talk about. And this, by the way, is the 500th uh, call show uh, of, of this call. So yeah, that's a pretty good milestone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Fred. Yeah, yeah. I, I read about that, uh, Seth Rich. Uh, here's the story. He was operated on. He had uh, he got two gun two gunshot wounds, and according to this was a resident. Now they yeah. operated on it. It washed out his belly, and they were going yeah. to take him back the next day to do a washout. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was alive. He was, was well. He was well. It wasn't. It wasn't a fatal. Those were not fatal gunshot wounds. And they no. were they were being attended to. Yeah, he was he yeah. was he was actually talking was, inside the hospital. Yeah, he was in intensive care. But here's a significant yeah. thing: no, no, none of the resident, according to the resident uh, who was there at the hospital, yep. the surgical resident, he uh, he said no one was allowed to go in. So one time the attend only the attending would go in, and he said that the resident said that this wasn't fatal. So what happened is the attending went in, and there was these government people that went in to see Seth uh, Rich in the intensive care. Yeah. And and according to the story, they they might have slipped something into the IV or did something, and he died in intensive care. But none of the no one was allowed to go in to see him, the residents or anybody except the attending surgeon. Yeah. I don't know if you and that and that was very unusual. That was. Uh... That was a report put on 4chan by an anonymous uh, source that claimed to be a uh, fourth-year or third-year attending uh, resident physician in that right. in that unit in that hospital where where Seth Rich yeah. was taken. Yeah. Yeah, it was on Rents.com. I read about it. Yeah. They were going to take him back the next day to do a. Uh, but these government people went in to see him. Yeah, there was law enforcement officers, they call them Leos, who were all over that floor, and they would not let anyone go in that room. Right. All night, all for the for the rest of the entire day, leading into the second, third day. So, and then they wheeled them out of their debt. They wheeled them out of their uh, de- uh, debt. Yeah. No autopsy. No autopsy, correct. <clears throat> Didn't they just dig him up? Or did they exhume his body recently? I think Vince Foster was a body they were oh, exhuming. Right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Sort of that was, a, that was one, another one of the uh, many Clinton, yeah. number yeah. of the Clinton body counts. Right. Yeah, there were several. <laughs> so, and then uh, on top of that, just a week and a half ago, this special federal prosecutor who was on the case involving the lawsuit against the DNC 
in the in the uh, uh, the Broward Hollywood area of Florida was found. His body was found washed up on the ocean, the beach. This is the 37-year-old uh, federal prosecutor who was overseeing the, the the lawsuit or the case that was brought against the government mm-hmm. uh, by uh, private interests against the DNC, specifically against the DNC. Oh, this is crooked, evil country. White Weisenhut's his name, or something like that. Weisenhut, I think is his name. But uh, so anyway, Fred. Speaking of numbers, Brzezinski died at eighty-nine. I thought that. Oh was yeah, the big the big passed away at eighty-nine. Yeah, that's uh, this week. Really- yep. Yeah, just a couple days ago. And also, Roger, Roger Moore passed away at 89, Stevie. <laughs> oh, he did? Oh, wow. James, Two James different kinds of people. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> like Luke Skywalker against Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well, never forget that clip I saw from him, Brzezinski, just a few months ago. You guys probably saw it, where he said, you know, he was rapping about the One World Order, and he said, the one thing we didn't expect is for everybody to become so informed. <laughs> yeah, so so awakened. So awakened, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, just remember, so, whatever happens in this world, Russia did it and Putin did it. <laughs> or Trump oh, did God, it. One man. of the three. <laughs> <laughs> Fred? Uh, yeah, hi, Betty. Hi. Uh, did you get my email about Sherry? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, how do you want to proceed with that? Um, yeah, she she said for just send her an email uh, when she okay. when, uh, for, for you to contact her. Okay. All right. I'll pick up the ball then. Uh, that's great, Betty. Sherry Jackson? Wow, that's going to be great. Having her back. Gosh, it's it's really something. I was I was talking to Dee Dee earlier. Just a this sort of muddle in the middle. We all feel like we're 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 going through the possibility for a revelatory opening of opportunities. Uh, seems to be whether whether it's Bob or, or or whether it's Seth Rich. It just seems to be forestalled and. And prevented from breaking through. Uh, if if I were Robert Mueller, that special uh, investigator or federal investigator overseeing this Russian probe, that'd be the first thing I'd have is, is Kim.com and any evidence out there that can prove that Seth Rich actually leaked WikiLeaks emails because that they're trying to blame the Russians on all that stuff. Really getting ridiculous. <laughs> Hey, Fred? Yeah. Hi, Rose. I'm going to change the subject here for a minute. Okay. What do you think about that word that Trump tweeted out that everybody went hysterical over that nobody knew what it was? Oh, the COV, whatever? Was that Trump who did that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God, that related to Seth Rich then. He tweeted that? 
No, he that did not relate to Seth Rich. Oh, okay. That word, that word is from, and I, I can't pronounce. Well, what is the what are the letters? What are the letters? I I can't remember the language, but okay. it's language that predates the flood. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna have to look that up, Rose. And what that word means is, in the end, we will win. Wow. Yeah. Well, he said he said uh, with a follow-up tweet that the people that knew him and knew him well would understand the meaning of it. That's that's exactly right. That was that was also on the news uh, the following after the original tweet. So, yeah, he yes, said... Was. Yes, And And I'm guessing yep. that one would have to be Jewish to know that because it's not in the King James Bible. Okay. In Jewish... In, in in what sense uh, was that statement, was it a comment or reference about the Jews, or was it... Was it... No, it was in reference okay. to the media. Okay. All right. Could be a form of Yiddish. Okay. Huh. You said the languages around the... After the flood, were you referring to Phoenician, possibly? Hmm. No. No, the the language in began with an A. I remember it begins with an A. And Aramaic, Aramaic. I don't know. Aramaic, Arabic. I don't, was, I, I don't think that's what it was. It was a word that I couldn't even pronounce. Aramaic was was spoken at the time of Jesus. This was way before Jesus' time. Well, it wouldn't be Yiddish. Yiddish is, Yiddish is modern New York, and and Germany. That wouldn't that wouldn't work either. This was before the flood. Ancient Samaria. Well, is Hebrew go back that far? Ancient Hebrew. No. 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 no Yiddish was over in uh, Russia. Russia and Germany, Kazar and then and then Khazar Jews. Yeah. Right. Jews. modern. Right. But they're not Jews. The Khazars. They're Jews, but they're not Jews. Actually, they are the ones. Those are from Ukraine. They're not from Russia. Yeah. Kazarians are from Russia, oh, Ukraine. Not the same thing. But they're not Semitic. But but most of the Jews are Khazar Jews that aren't Jews. You know. Well, they were they were converted in the seventh century by the king of, of who was then Khazar, which in modern yeah. times is now Ukraine. Judaism. Ninety-seven percent of 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 the of the I guess the members of the tribe are for our Khazars worldwide. But uh, yeah, but they're not descendants of Abraham. No. No, it would more, more likely that the uh, the people of Islam are descendants of Abraham than the, than the modern Jews. And more likely the people from that part of the world. Yeah, that'd be the Ashkenazi. You know, got the Ashkenazi Sephardic Jews. So that'd be the Ashkenazis. 
Sappy come with an A? What's that? Does that begin with an A? Aramaic? No. Oh, the Ashkenazis? Ashkenazi is, is, is... Sephardic Jews are from Spain. Ashkenazi are the ones that are sourced from the diaspora out of Israel. Spanish Jews versus Middle Eastern Jews from what we call modern Israel. Right, but this predates modern Israel. Hey, Rose, uh, is there a blog or... I've got it posted on my Facebook page. Okay, I'll look Mm. it on your Facebook page then. That's good. Because right now I'm... (laughs) I'm not moving too well, guys. my, My neck is giving me a lot of trouble. I'm going to a chiropractor tomorrow. Oh, you'll feel oh. better. Ouch. Well, the chiropractors do wonder for necks. I've, I've had good ex- good experiences with the chiropractors as far as my neck goes, Rose. Well, I did a few years back. I went to one, and, and it helped a lot. And yeah. it's gotten to the point where if we're going on a scale of 1 to 10 for pain, I've hit 15. Oh, Rose, no. Gosh, ouch. I can't, I can't move my head. Yeah. Let me ask you, oh, people, you get, a click, you get a clicking in your neck when you turn your neck? I can't turn my neck. Yeah. No, the, I muscles mean, have, the muscles have taken over the because, you know, they're compensating for the I've, bones being right, out. I've, had, they, yeah, I've got C2 and C3 that I know is out of whack right now. And not so much six and seven because it's not going down my arm. It, it's yeah, oh, you'll feel so much better. <laughs> oh, God. I, I know I have had a lot of neck stuff, so I understand your pain. So glad you got a nice chiropractor. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of clicking in my neck recently. Is, uh, have, have anyone experienced that? You turn your neck and you feel that click. Bill used to have clicking in his neck. Does that mean anything, the clicking? I don't have any pain, it's just a click. I don't know if that means anything, but uh, he ended up getting uh, C3 to 4, 4 to 5, and 5 to 6 fused. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Sam, wow. is your clicking more like a crack, cracking? Because they say that the when if you can hear it cracking, that's one of the thirty-seven symptoms of Lyme's disease. Oh <laughs> Not just negative. No, I don't think that's Lyme. <laughs> but you know, funny part about it, that's uh, a lot of people have Lyme disease but don't know they have Lyme disease. It's really an wow. epidemic, and, and and you know, you could have Lyme disease without a positive uh, blood test. I know what my problem's from. <laughs> I have this imaginary sign on the back of my vehicle that says, hit me, I like it. <laughs> How often have you been hit in the rear? Uh, well, 
three major times and a few little ones. What were you doing when the major ones happened? Oddly enough, I was at a red light. I was at a dead stop. Three times. Wow. Well, the the third time I was in a construction zone and traffic came to a stop, and I stopped. And the little chicky do who dropped her lip gloss behind me didn't. And I tell you, don't don't try going to court and for whiplash because you get nowhere. Yeah. Go by cash. Go by Uber. Have have Fred come pick you up and go by Uber. <laughs> Is is Jay Bird on the call? Anyone? No. um, Al and Sam and Kelly and Betty and Rose and Steve and Ray and you and I and Steve. (laughs) Okay. What do you you think about all this movement, uh, get rid of all these Confederate statues and all that? I can put them in my backyard in McLean, Virginia, Virginia, right next to the CIA. Who's behind that? Who's all behind that? Why are we trying to deny history? (laughs) That's my question. We're part of history. Well, because it's inconvenient. That's why you want to deny it. It's inconvenient to have that kind of history. Right? So because each generation isn't educated very well. Yeah, that's for sure. Right, so we don't remember from one generation to the next. You know, it's silly. They don't remember from one generation to the next anyway. Well, that's true. That's absolutely true. You, so, you know. None of, none of them pay attention to the statue. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hmm. So, Al, you got a new phone? I do. Is it much better? Yeah. Does it sound better? Sounds really yeah, clear. It's, it's better. It's, yeah. This is. Thanks, Nick. This this is this phone is this phone is a, it's the largest phone on the planet. I swear to God, it's a Samsung Galaxy Eight Plus. Oh, it made that's my that's makes my line. <laughs> it, 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 it makes my 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 old iPhone look like a pimple. I mean, it's just ridiculous. My my wife wow. got a seven. Has well, a seven. Are the letters big enough for your fingers to touch them when you text? Yes. <laughs> so you it's have much, no It's much easier. I don't have to fight with the machine. I don't have to fight with it at all. That's why I have it. That's not also the one because, that burns up. That's not the one that burns up, is it? No, this is, it's, 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 it's his older brother, seven, seven, uh, Series 7. That one explodes in your hand. No, I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> well, they, can watch, they can watch you on that Galaxy 8. They can watch you and listen to you even when your phone's off. That's what I read, but I don't know if that's all true. Of them. All of them. Well, I live, I live five minutes in the CIA. They're watching me anyway, so what difference is it? Oh, make? yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so, but I guess that, that's scaring some people. They're going, I don't want to be watched. And what do you do with a phone that big? I, I mean, yeah. you can't put it in your pocket, can you? <laughs> well, barely. You have to carry a purse really? now. <laughs> I, I was just told I can't be on the phone. I gotta, I gotta go downtown to the McLean for a moment. I'll come back a little bit, a little bit later. You guys are gonna be out for a while. You're getting off soon. What's, what's going on? Oh, we'll be around here. 
I'll be Why back. Thanks. Come back, right. come back yeah. and talk to us about Bitcoin. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, did, you, did you guys ever hook up, Rose? What's that? Did you and him, did you and Al ever hook up after I gave him your number? Oh. Did you talk to him? Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh good. oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad. That's good. I, he's a wealth of information. Yeah, he's talked to us about Bitcoin several times. <laughs> well, look where which I don't understand. Which I don't understand. Did you hear you, you that latest thing? It said if you'd have put $100 into Bitcoin in 2010, it'd be worth $73 million now. Oh, yeah, these, these cr- cryptocurrencies, Sam, are, are growing as much as 600%. There's a lot more of besides Bitcoin out there. There's several. And yeah, there's Litecoin. There's Litecoin and Ethereum. I can't really And I don't understand afford. any of them. I don't understand them. I can't really afford to buy the Bitcoin anymore, but I am starting to buy Litecoins because I just bought a whole Litecoin for $25 the other day. What did you buy? How much did you get for 25 bucks? One whole Litecoin. One whole coin. Litecoin. How did you buy it? On Coinbase. I went on Coinbase. I built a wallet. Went through all their rigmarole that they claim is security. I'm not real sure how secure it is. But... I bought I we we bought some Bitcoin. We bought it before it went straight up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But L L told us he said just buy whatever you can afford to buy and stuff it in your wallet because it's just going to keep going up. And they're they're projecting Bitcoin by the end of the year could go up to five thousand dollars a Bitcoin. Yeah, but it was up to twelve hundred. Went down to about six hundred or four hundred, and then it went back up to twenty four hundred. But it, it went did up go to down. almost twenty nine hundred. But then it dropped down there. It was, it was a week and a half ago. It shot up to twenty eight hundred, almost twenty nine hundred. Now yeah, it's down, I, now it's down around twenty three, twenty four hundred. Yeah, but right. But what I'm saying, it was up to twelve hundred and went down to about I don't know six hundred or four hundred, and then uh, then it, it went shot down. Up. To, it went down to four hundred. Yeah, that that one, yeah. Yeah. Well, and now it's up. Down, if it goes down to that again, I'm buying more. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you got to store it on your computer, right? I have a wallet up there on Coinbase. Mhm. A wallet. Yeah. Do you get a number for your Bitcoin? For my Bitcoin and my Litecoin. You get a number. I've got a wallet address. <laughs> I don't understand. No, uh, I think what, what Sam was referring to was if you were to take it off of the Coinbase exchange uh, and get it right to your thumb drive and store it on, on your own, like, uh, you know, well, you have to or, buy the software to be able to do that. Yeah, but but there is a code, which is your private key for that Bitcoin that that only you know, and that's the, the private key is is what uh, allows you to take it off of an exchange like Coinbase and keep it privately, 
on your own. Uh, it, could, it could be written down on a piece of paper and tucked away in your desk, but at least you, you have the private key. Well, yeah, I, I know, but you have to you have to download software to be able to do that. You have to have the right software on your computer. Yeah, right. And I don't have that software. I don't have enough yet to where I'm going to worry about it. Okay. Now you go on Coinbase.com? Yes. Okay. I'm going to say. There's also another uh, cryptocurrency called Ethereum. Yep. Coinbase sells that one too. Ethereum is called. Ethereum. Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah. But Ethereum... Last time I looked at that, it was around one hundred and sixty, hundred seventy dollars a coin. Yeah, is it true that if you put a hundred dollars into uh, Bitcoin in two thousand ten, it'd be worth seventy three million now? Oh yes. Really? Oh yeah. And and oh, Al, Al comes back. He will verify that for you. Is that true? I, I guarantee you, Al is a very happy man today. Yeah. It, it's yeah. selling Bitcoin big time. <laughs> you know, I know it makes uh, you go ahead. This this is Bill Rose's other half. About ten, maybe twelve years ago, a guy approached me, a friend of mine, on the phone and he said, Bill, he says, I got a chance to buy Bitcoin. And he says, I want to buy some. And he says, I thought maybe you'd like to uh, uh, team up and, and buy it together. I, what the hell is Bitcoin? <laughs> you know, it was back around 2010, somewhere in there. And uh, I said, well, you know, yeah, I'd throw, you know, four or 500 bucks in there and buy some Bitcoin. You know, they're at a half a buck. And you're saying by the end of the year, it's going to go to a dollar. I said, yeah, and he's no, no, Bill. He says these guys don't deal in small amounts like that. He said uh, we're talking about a twenty thousand dollar buy. He said so. He said I'm looking for you to throw in ten grand. That would have bought me twenty thousand Bitcoin at a half a buck a piece. Today they're at twenty four hundred. They're saying <laughs> by the end of this year. Wow. Yeah, it's a matter of having the money at the time, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're saying they're saying that by the end of this year, and all, everybody, everybody is is saying this is going to happen. Bill Gates, all of them are saying this is going to happen. That by the end of this year, Bitcoin will see five thousand dollars. There are many, many projections out there that you will see Bitcoin. At ten thousand plus by the end of this year. Now think about where it is right now. Here's here's a good question for everybody to think about. Think about this. Bitcoin's a little over twenty four hundred dollars this morning when we checked it anyhow, and uh, that'll buy two ounces of gold. Am I right? You mean that's how much it mm-hmm. costs to buy one Bitcoin now? Twenty four hundred dollars or what? Yeah, yeah, last, week, last, week, last wow. week it hit 
it hit just short of 29, but it came back down to like two days later. But yeah, it's wow. by one point today, it's 2400 bucks. Wow. <laughs> you would have been worth 48, I just figured out, you'd have been worth $48 million now. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons that Bitcoin took that all of a sudden shot up so high like that in such a short amount of time. I mean, it was like every day I'd pull it up and I'd sit there, I'd sit there and watch it on Coinbase <laughs> and I'd tell Bill, it just went up another $100. It went up another $100. And the reason for it was in South Korea, they were, they were selling Bitcoin $1,000 over the world market price of Bitcoin. They inflated. They created the bubble. That happened, and at the same time, Australia government decided to make Bitcoin a legal currency in the country to be traded. Wow. So you got China, you've got Japan, you've got Australia. Uh, I think the Arab Emirates is trading in Bitcoin. Uh, you know, you get a couple more. Oh yeah, countries. they are. I read that too. Yeah. yeah. And and Bitcoin is just going to. I mean, it, it fluctuates. Every few minutes, I'll look at it and. And it's up or it's down a little bit, up and down a little bit. They've got. Well, where, where do you They've look? Got, where do you look for it? Where do you go? Where do you go on to see it? On, on Coinbase. Coin Coin World. On Coinbase, where I have my wallet. On my Coinbase dot com. It'll have it. Huh? Coinbase dot com. Yes. Okay. So do you have Coin. to buy? You have to spend twenty four hundred dollars to get any kind of a wallet at all? No, no, no. You can oh, buy. Wallet. You can buy Didi. one billionth of a bitcoin, Didi. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, yeah. You, now you I remember buy, that. Okay. You can buy ten cents, a dollar, fifty cents, anything you want. You can. God, you I wish I'd have done that two years. I wish I'd have done that two years ago when I first heard about it. God. You should have done in two thousand ten. Hundred dollars would have been seventy three million. That's hard yeah. to believe. You can build a wallet. Wallet is free. There's yeah. no charge. There's no charge to build a wallet. And I've been doing like Al told me. If I got an extra twenty dollars or maybe an extra fifty dollars, I'll buy a little bit, whatever it buys. But I do watch the price during the day. I keep that screen up on my computer. And I keep tabs on it throughout the day because there's certain times of day where the price is going to be a little lower and then it's going to come back up. And you got to hit you got to hit those low spots. Oh, so you buy it when it's lower. Created by the time zones and the people around the world that are, you know, just waking up and starting to trade. You definitely want to hit it before 5 o'clock when China and Japan wakes up. Did you buy Litecoin too? What's that? Did you buy Litecoin? Yes, I bought Litecoin. 
I'll be buying more Litecoin than I will Bitcoin because I can buy it cheaper. And Mm -hmm. everything that I've read about Litecoin, uh, when when they built Bitcoin, and it's a software. You have to understand it's a software that generates the Bitcoin digits. And Litecoin saw some problems with Bitcoin when it goes through the blockchain. And what the blockchain is, that's when you're transferring Bitcoin from your wallet to somebody else's wallet. There are a lot of companies that do international trade, and they're doing it in Bitcoin. Yeah, and you got to do a miner. You got to do mining. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about companies that. Yeah, I know. But they say you. I they use the term mining, on Bitcoin, which I don't understand either. No, mining what? is something totally different. What I'm talking about is some of your major corporations that do international business. Yeah. Yeah. They are could- using Bitcoin. To when when they're buying or, yeah. or when they're selling, they're tr- they're transferring that money in Bitcoin because it gets there faster. Yeah, yeah, you could buy stuff with a lot. And of it's a lot cheaper for them to transfer the money in Bitcoin than it is to do it through a bank. Yeah, you cut out the so, middleman. So, Rose, what is the difference between Bitcoin Knots and Bitcoin Core? Or maybe Fred knows, too. Is there is that two different things? or? It, well, I don't understand. I just I, know Bit, Bitcoin. Well, I went to the Bitcoin Wallet site, and you get, a, you get to choose, and it says Bitcoin Knots or Bitcoin Core. I just wondered what the difference was. I don't know. I don't know oh, what okay. that is. Yeah, but they, they use that term mining when you go mining Bitcoin now, which I don't understand either. Didi, did you go to Coinbase? Oh, no, I see it now, Rose. I, I see it. I see what it is. Okay, thanks. No, I I just uh, clicked on a link that Steve sent me for Bitcoin. There's, there's a guy called Simon Black. I get his emails every once in a while. He said uh, there's no exchange-traded fund for Bitcoin yet, but that would be something that that you could buy into if you ever get an exchange-traded fund for Bitcoin. I was expecting one of those to come around a couple of years ago, and they haven't materialized. In fact, three years ago, there's supposed to be one available on the New York Stock Exchange, but it hasn't come up. The powers that be do not want that. Hmm. Alternative to their well, even the banks are getting involved with Bitcoin. You can set up Bitcoin accounts with a bank. That's what these these people who are buying and selling Bitcoin they are set up with a designated bank account. And if you want to buy Bitcoin from them. They will send you a contract through email. They will give you their their banking information, like let's say Chase Bank. Everybody's got a Chase Bank somewhere close by. 
soon as they verify that you deposited the, that amount of money in their account, they transfer the Bitcoin to your wallet. <laughs> and they make a 5% commission. They make a 5% commission on what they do, what what they sell you. That's a, that's a pretty good commission at twenty $2,500. <laughs> yeah. No one knows no one knows who started Bitcoin, correct? Nope, nobody knows. I Satoshi don't know. is Satoshi is the name of the guy, the author on the white paper when it was released. Nobody knows if he's a real guy or not. Well, I can tell you that there are a lot of heavy hitters into Bitcoin. Bill Gates. Uh, what about Warren Buffett? Who's who's that big? Who's that that big uh, investor? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Jimmy Jimmy Rogers. Jimmy Rogers. Warren Buffett's into Bitcoin. I don't know about Rogers, but I know Glenn Beck bought Bitcoin. I know uh, Dave Ramsey has Bitcoin. They even talk about them on their radio programs. There's YouTubes of them talking about Bitcoin and promoting it. Oh, it's a big deal, for sure. Spread like wildfire. I don't understand it. Think about the people that came in with Bitcoin. And let's say that that six weeks ago, a person says, hey, I've got an extra $1,100 sitting around here. Maybe I'll buy a Bitcoin, you know, as an investment, just in case these people are right. All right. And six weeks later, that same Bitcoin is worth 2400 bucks. Well, to me, it was a good thing that he took it out of the bank. True. You know that's yep. that's that where I I I don't know of a bank that's paying that kind of interest, and I really Fred, you might chime in on this, but I, not very many stocks uh, gained like that in the last six weeks. Nope, not at all. You know. Uh, you know, and, and Fred and I have had over the years. Fred and I have had many many conversations because of my tax problems and, and so forth. And, and, you know, way back then, uh, I I was very, very deeply involved with a silver dollar program that was called the Image, Image Financial. It's a multi-level thing that we put together locally here. And uh, I got pretty heavy in it. And I, consequently, you really got me involved in, in uh, uh, the banking portion of this thing, the Federal Reserve, and and why American Silver Eagles are stamped today. Uh, you know, they only got a face value of a dollar. You know, that's all you can spend it as, is a dollar. And we determined way back then, and that was like 30 years ago, we determined right back then that it was because they had to stay within the Constitution. The Constitution says you have to have legal tender backed by silver or gold. Well, that was cool, but why were because of what was going on with the Federal Reserve, and we said you can't do that. You can't do that. One day I was driving home 
and uh, Paul Harvey was on, you know, and now you know the rest of the story. And he was talking about the Federal Reserve and the debt that we had to the Federal Reserve. And he said, you know, he said a lot of people know people that are worth a million dollars. I mean, go buy an apartment downtown Chicago somewhere, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people that are worth a million dollars today. Back then, not so much. But Paul Harvey said if you took a stack of brand-new, crisp $100 bills, you know, really packed together, uh, a stack of a million dollars would be about 18 inches high. A trillion dollars would be 65 miles high. And I was on the highway when I, when this was on the radio on the news, and I thought, wow, I can go from here to Ludington on a stack of $100 bills. This is crazy. That's 65 miles away. But then he said, you know what? We're in debt four of them. <laughs> four of them, and I could go to Ludington up there, back up and back again to make one trillion or to make four trillion dollars. Today we're at twenty. Today we're at twenty. <coughs> the only way to get rid of that debt is to get rid of the Federal Reserve, which automatically gets rid of the IRS. Uh, get rid of that Federal Reserve and write that debt off. But you better have an alternative, and the alternative is is they tell us they're going to a cashless society and just ask your neighbor, if not yourself, if you ever do any online banking. It's a cashless society. Already. It's already there. Cashless society is nothing but digits, the same thing as what we call Coinbase or, or, or Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? The same thing. It's a digit. You know? Yep. Uh, that's all it is. It's alternative to the banking system, and it's a backup system. You know, it, it's cool. And there's a lot of different coins available out there. There's a lot of different, uh, uh, you know, everybody's got them. You know, it's picking the right ones. It's it's like the stock market. It happens to be that Bitcoin was the first, and and, and it is by far the strongest. But it's getting real expensive. Good stuff, Bill. You didn't know I was going to take over your call, did you, Fred? No, we don't have any call tonight. We don't have a guest, though. You're the guest, Rose. <laughs> it's an open <laughs> forum, Rose. We we hop around subjects and everybody talks yeah. about something. <laughs> you know, well, I but, wish Elle would hurry up and come back because... She knows way more about this. I would like to have him explain to all of us what an exchange is. Because you can make money on an exchange if you had an exchange. But I have no idea exactly what that is and how do I know where I can get one. Well, Rose, a Coinbase is an exchange, a Bitcoin exchange. Okay. That's, a, well, that's you know, what, yeah. You know that L builds those exchanges. 
yeah, yeah we've done been... tutorials with him. He's he's talked about it a lot. Go ahead, Fred. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, the only one I've worked with is, and I've just bought and sold a few Bitcoin many years ago, like three, four years ago. Back when it was down in the three, four, five hundreds, but it was just Coinbase. I was just tinkering around, playing around, just because I was wanted to learn more about it. But that's that's the only when I did did the research, I I felt Coinbase had the highest integrity of the exchanges that I checked out online three, four years ago. Well, there's another one called blockchain. No, no, no. Blockchain is not an exchange. Blockchain is the back end of, you know, blockchain is the transactional record of of every Bitcoin transaction. That's that's the blockchain. That's the database. But you can have a wallet on blockchain. Well, in order for you to have a wallet, your Bitcoin has to be validated by the blockchain. And it, it Bitcoin Bitcoin miners are all those computers all over the world that uh, take the blockchain data, which is every every transaction that has ever been transacted in the history of Bitcoin, that is, that is put up in the cloud, and all these Bitcoin miners have the blockchain record updated on their computers every second of every day. So what happens but, is, but you if can you want to. You can go to blockchain, Fred, and you mm-hmm. can build a wallet, a free wallet on blockchain. I have one. Okay, well, maybe there's an exchange called blockchain. I, there's I think... no, no. You, blockchain does not do, you cannot do any buying or any selling. All you can do is park a wallet there. Oh, okay. Okay, and well, I maybe. Said, why, okay. why would I, you know, somebody told me you go to, to blockchain and have a wallet there, but then I still have to have a wallet on Coinbase yeah. in order to buy it. And I said, why would I want to? Why would I want to pay a fee to Coinbase to transfer it to blockchain? Yeah. Well, with blockchain, you could have a wallet and then manually meet somebody and get their private key and transact Bitcoin for for cash. Or for whatever you're exchanging for Bitcoin, and and that's where the blockchain private wallet comes in. That's those are the uh, private wallets that are off the exchanges that are much safer to have in your possession to secure your Bitcoin than an exchange. If you're holding small amounts of Bitcoin, you can leave it on Coinbase or any other Bitcoin exchange, but do not keep large amounts of Bitcoin on an exchange, keep that offline on maybe this blockchain private wallet is what you're talking about. Either that or or get the software and download it, but I'm not at that yeah. point where where I have enough to worry about. Yeah. Okay. Well. But I look at as an investment yeah. And and I can you know I can play around with it with with a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. What's curious about this whole thing is that uh, Bitcoin is the genie that kind of 
got out of the bottle. They, the powers that be cannot cannot as easily suppress the price of Bitcoin like they can gold and silver. So no. uh, I don't know fact, how they're going to. As a matter of fact, I, I watched a YouTube interview with Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. It's a recent interview. And he mm-hmm. said, there is no way to stop Bitcoin now. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. It's the sign of the times. They say Bitcoin's feet are on the ground. There's nowhere you can go. You can go buy your groceries. You won't go to Bitcoin ATMs. Got to have that alternative to that crash. You know, today you can get a Bitcoin Visa card. It'll cost yeah, you I about heard yeah, if, uh, for about ten dollars you can get a Visa card and designate it and transfer your Bitcoin funds to the Visa card and go grocery shopping. You can yeah. use it anywhere. There's machines. Fred, I was with my friend from Maui, and we stopped at her brother's, mm-hmm. her son's house out here uh, in Beaverton, and and there's this. I was wandering around waiting for them, and there's these two big machines in the garage, and I'd never seen anything like them. And I'm going, what are these things? I'm to myself, I'm saying, yeah. what the heck? I'm looking at them, trying to figure it out, and they came out of of the into the garage, and I said, what is this? And they both looked at each other, and he looked really weird, like like it was some kind of a secret thing. You know, like, I thought, is this some kind of a weird kinky sex machine or something? Because the look on their faces, right? Well, they turned out later, I was told that they're Bitcoin machines, but he, her son is a really smart um, guy making really good money. And he, um, he, he had two of these machines in his garage, but at the time he, they were paranoid uh, for uh, to tell me what it was. And then later yeah. when I told him I knew what Bitcoins were because we'd been learning about them from Al and then that other guy that came on that time, and uh, they were surprised I knew what they were, but it was uh, two or three years ago, and they, and they were just like so nervous about saying what they were that they wouldn't tell me. They just said, oh, we can't talk about it. Hmm. And I wonder why. I wonder why. It's no risk. I Maybe mean, they were were they computers that were Bitcoin miners. Uh, they were didn't look like computers. They they were. I, I at first I thought it might be some kind of stage equipment or something, but I, I had never mm-hmm. seen anything like it. They look. Maybe is that what they are? Or are they just a big kind of an odd looking computer? All, all all it would be is a is like is like a uh, is a server like a computer server. It's just a. A, a box or a, a rectangle that's that's not that big. These were quite tall, and they. Yeah. Gosh. Hmm. I wonder what. The, maybe I can go it could, back. It could and, have been. It could have been a sophisticating data mine. Uh, a Bitcoin mining operation. It was back that's in the, what back it in the was. day. Yes, that's, that's what it was. What it was. Yeah. yeah, a mining yeah. operation, and they they that's, were so paranoid exactly. about it. Yeah. yeah. It's a. It's a you can buy some really big, sophisticated equipment out there for mining and stuff today. Yeah, that's what they had, and they were doing it, but they were ner- he was nervous about it for some reason. It's not illegal to do that, is it? No, well, no. It, you have to have huge horsepower, heavy, heavy-duty machines now, Bill. Those the small guys have been pushed out of that market. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really ultra-sophisticated now. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) Moving so fast. You know, somebody told me it doesn't matter who the president of the United States of America is. What matters is who has control of their monetary system. Sure. Yep. You know, so who said that? Who said that, Bill? <laughs> I have no idea. I've said it a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just made, I, maybe I just made it up, but th- that's okay. <laughs> well, no, that's, yeah. that's a famous quote. No, Rush, I mean, I just... Rothschild said, "I don't care who you." Rothschild, you know, Rothschild's the one who got the Federal Reserve. Yeah. You know, they had yeah. they had the Central Bank in France, Germany, London, and um, Germany. They didn't have it in the United States. He sent Paul Warburg over, right? And Paul Warburg, well, he was Jewish. Rothschilds are Jewish. Uh, but anyway, uh, Rothschild says, I don't care who you elect. You give me control of money, I'll control the country. That's right. So that's it. Yeah, he said that's that. It. Now, the Rothschilds yeah. are supposed to be worth $500 trillion. Now, they stole it from us. <laughs> yeah, they bankrolled both sides of the war. Well, we all know that there's some heavy shooting families up there. So yeah, well, it's the Rothschilds. It's the Rothschilds that control everything. But if they, if you think that those those same people aren't somehow involved, if not just invested, in all these cyber currencies, you know, they're they're not that dumb. You 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 get into your, you know, you know your enemies and you infiltrate them. You know that's that's my thought, but uh, yeah. at least well, see my my old my old grandfather told me a story years years ago years ago. Uh, I, I was just a kid, and my grand I call him my grandfather. He was my grandfather, my step grandfather before I was born, and his last name was Goldberg. So a little bit Jewish in there from Chicago, and. Uh, we got on the subject one time of the crash, you know, when when the government put us on that 10-day holiday. And, you know, part of the story, y'all, everybody hears in, in my age group, anyhow, was the story of all the Jews going home and jumping out the window. So I asked my grandpa one day, I said, is, is that all true? And he sat down, and we had a heck of a conversation. He says, you know, Jewish people are pretty smart. He says they're financially very, very aware of going on. And he said, you know, when that happened, he said, old Jewish guy came home, and uh, uh, his wife says, oh, jeez, hon, you know, we're broke. You know, we we lost it all on the stock market. And he replied to her, he said, don't worry about it, honey. He says, he said, I'm a smart man. He said, I only had our half of our wealth involved in the stock market, you know, and and they were worth a million bucks back then. A million dollars, you were a wealthy person. He said, the other half's in the bank, so don't worry about it. When they open in 10 days, we'll go down and we'll get our half a million dollars. We're still wealthy people. <laughs> well, 10 days went by, and uh, he went to get his, his half a million dollars, and they paid him off at 10 cents on the dollar. Oh, wow. Right. He didn't know what to do with 50 grand. He didn't know what to do with fifty grand. He went home and jumped out the window. Yeah, that's what well, my you know, Yeah, the Federal Reserve Bank in New York. The, that's that's the big. You know, there's I think there's about eight or ten or twelve 
Federal Reserve Banks in the country. But the Federal Reserve Bank in New York controls every major industry in this country. Well, sure. They because, control- you know, because there's a debt, you know, they have a debt to, what do you call it, debt to money ratio. And every everyone's in debt. And the Federal Reserve can call in that debt anytime they want to. So they have they control the industry by well, we way get, of calling if debt. If we get rid of our debt, we get rid of the Federal Reserve and write them off. Federal Reserve is no more federal than the Federal Express. Yeah, well, it's not part of government. It's, it's not it's part of government. It's not part of government at all. I don't care. File bankruptcy yeah. on. You know, well, yeah, but... To- in the Federal Reserve Act, there's a, at the end part that says the government can abolish the Federal Reserve. The foremost authority on the Federal Reserve was Eustace Mullins. He wrote The Secrets of the Federal Reserve. You know, that that's Ron Paul's thing. Get rid of the Federal Reserve. Audit them. Yeah. You know? But Eustace Mullins, he, he wrote, it's a good book. If you can get that book, read it. You'll be surprised. You know, you remember Napoleon... In the wars, the English fought against Napoleon. I do well, well, what happened in the Napoleon Wars? The Rothschilds, they got when they, they somehow they knew that Napoleon was defeated. So, what the Rothschilds did, they sold all these stocks. They sold their stocks on the English stock market, right? And so the stocks went down. Now, they knew that Napoleon got defeated. And England won that war, so he he sold all the stocks on the. Uh, he sold all their stocks. Everybody said Rothschild selling the stocks, so I mean, England got defeated by Napoleon, right? So the stocks went down at about five percent of what they were. Then Rothschilds went in and bought all the stocks, and that's another way they made a lot of their money. That's they bamboozled business. the people. No, that's smart business. That's- that's, yeah, that's, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. But they're, well, they're crooks. Huh? You know, the city of London, which is in the city of London, that's one of the major financial centers of the world, right? The city of London, which is in the city of London, the sovereign state, the country. Well, they call it the city of London, which is a financial center, which is in London. Uh, that's a financial capital world, along with New York City. So, I have no idea. Yeah, well, that's true. It's it's true. You know, Ezra Pond. See, Ezra Pond. Uh, he he wanted. He didn't want Roosevelt to go into World War Two, and he was speaking out against it. So, when Ezra Pond was living in Italy, he came into the United States. What did Roosevelt do? He had him arrested, put him in St. Elizabeth's Hospital for about four years. You know, Ezra Pond was that famous poet. And while he was while he was at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Washington D.C., yeah, Roosevelt put him in the St. Elizabeth's Hospital, locked him up. While he wow. was in Washington, Ezra uh, Eustace Mullins would visit Ezra Pond, Ezra Pond, and Ezra Pond would say to Eustace, who worked at the Library of Congress. You know how many books they have at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Ezra Pound would say, go look this up on the Federal Reserve. Go look this up. Go look this up. So Ezra Pound, Ezra, uh, Eustace Mullins looked, uh, looked this all up, and then he re- learned all about the Federal Reserve. And he wrote that book, The Secrets of the Federal Reserve. Hmm. 
It's it's a good book. All yes, right. Mullins. I'm getting off this thing. I'm going to bed. All right, Bill. Hey, good night, Rose. Good night, Bill. Hey, Good night, Fred. Good night, everybody. Hope your neck. Hope your neck feels better, Rose. He does too. Believe me. All Thanks, right. everybody. Hope the, doctor, hope the doctor visits gets that corrected. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Bill. Good night. Wow. Well, it's a beautiful night here in Chicago. Yeah, but we've got a this wonderful weather week here. Just uh, yeah. spectacular. Hey, hey, you heard about Trump. He's getting out of that climate control crap. Yeah, Paris Treaty is yeah. over. Yep. Yeah, and, and the media is attacking him. <laughs> They're going to attack him for everything, no matter what. So. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Elon but... Musk made a big noise about it, too. Who did? Elon Musk. The man behind the Tesla car and the oh, he so-called so space exploration. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I think, think he's, he's a lying crook anyway, since he's involved yeah. with all that lies about space. I think Trump succumbed to the deep state already, though. Well, he better say something about Seth Rich, or because uh, that really. Man, it's really unnerving to see. He was murdered. So much, yeah, he was definitely murdered. We yeah. all know that. Yeah, he gave all his stuff to WikiLeaks, Julius yep. Assange. They're trying to blame him on Russia. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you know, I got a take on Russia. You know, the powers that be that want to control everything, you know, the deep state, the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, or whoever you want to call them. Yep. Russia's low to resources. Gas, oil, uranium, you name it, they have it. And they want to control those resources, you know, just like the Bolsheviks did from 1917 on until 1991. And I think they want to control those resources because they have no control over those resources. You know? Mm-hmm. What, what, what the hell? Oh, yeah, and you know... Russia has a lot of diamonds now. You know, they find a lot of diamonds. Hmm. Yeah. And they're supposed to be pretty good diamonds. So I think they want to control everything. They want to control all the resources. So uh, Russia's a loose cannon, and they have no control over Russia. Plus, Putin's... Russia's a Christian nation now, you know, and Putin's a Christian. Mm-hmm. And he's tied in with the Patriarch of Moscow, who's head of the Russian Orthodox Church. Okay. Yeah. So this all adds up. Well, well, guys, say a prayer for Bob. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, that's just... Oh, what a, got, what a load that he's having to bear on top of everything he's done, you know? Yeah. Phenomenal. Hey, Sam. Yeah, Ray. Anybody that wants to read Eustace Mullins' Secrets of the Federal Reserve, all you got to do is go to the website, W-H-A-L-E dot T-O, and look up Eustace Mullins. 
and then you can find the entire book on there online. Yeah, it's free. a good book. Yeah, I've read it a couple of times. Yep. I believe it came out first in 1952. 50 or 52, somewhere along there. Ezra Pond was his mentor then, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ezra Pond was, was his up in mentor. The hospital. Yeah, Ezra Pond, they locked him up. They locked him up at St. Elizabeth's Hospital in D.C. <laughs> yeah, Ezra Pond was a famous poet. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the books that the people I was hanging out with when I was a teenager that were older, that's one of the books they had read already way back then. I didn't realize that it came out in 52, though. Somewhere in the early 50s, I think that's when. Yeah. I have a book upstairs. I'll look it up. I'm not going to go up now. I'm downstairs. He wrote a bunch of other books, too. Yeah. Curse of Canine. Some of them are pretty inflammatory. Yep, for really? the least. No, I wouldn't call them inflammatory. I'd call them truthful. Well, I mean, you know. I know what you're saying. The reaction that gets out of some people, I would say, is in plain. Uh, Anti-Semitic. You use the term, they're anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. I used the term a one. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just a pretty smart man. I don't think he's anti-Semitic. You're a Semite. Well, I know, but you see, they I use that term anti-Semitic. You know. Mm-hmm. They, they misuse it. It's a it's a label they like to stick on people to. Yep. You criticize Israel. You're anti-Semitic. You criticize you criticize Federal Reserve. You're anti-Semitic. Yeah, neutralize is what they have to say. Hey Ray, I I watched that seven minute video you sent me on by the German. The German Wasn't that group. horrible? Yeah, that was horrible. I I never read that. I I don't know anything about it, but well, that, I saw it probably today true. for the first time myself. Yeah, I wanted horrible. to run it by you since you know so much about history before I started yeah, I, spreading it around because I don't know if it's true. It, it probably is true. It's horrible. That was horrible. Yes, well, you know what they did with the. Uh, remember the Russians? A lot of the Russians went over to Germany to fight with the Nazis against the Soviet Union. You know that story? You ever hear that story? I think I have. Well, the Russian soldiers, they separated from the Russian army. They went on the side of the Nazis, the German Germany in World War Two, right? So at the end of the war, because they were against communism, at the end of the war, they shipped these Russians back to Russia from Germany, and they sent them, they killed a lot of them. Stalin killed a lot of them or sent them to Siberia. That's that's true. Because they were against communism. You know, the communists, they destroyed 80% of the churches. They killed killed 80% of the priests. And it was horrible. And since Putin, since 1991, they rebuilt 28,000 to 33,000 of churches in Russia. 
They rebuilt the churches. And they rebuilt the churches in Hungary, too. Is Jay Bird on yet? Just calling him out. I wanted to ask him a question. No. <clears throat> Al came back on. He's muted. But no, Jay didn't come in. Betty left. Al, you there? Oh, uh, Rose left, Al. She wanted to talk to you. <laughs> I Sorry think you answered her question. I think you answered her question, Fred. <laughs> Did I? Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. Never unmute me. Very dangerous. <laughs> Hey, maybe y'all can tell us about Bitcoin. Give us a little dissertation on Bitcoin. We were talking about Bitcoin now. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is is simply a mathematical uh, uh, component of. Well, it it, it 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 describes. It's a mathematical algorithm that describes an asset, just like a dollar. Okay. So, for example, when you use your credit cards, you know, or you go down to your bank account. Um, you get a, when you withdraw money, you know, or download. Either goes either goes on a card or you get cash. All that all that Bitcoin is itself is a description of an asset. That's all it is, and and that description of an asset is unitized, meaning that it could be like like dollars. It could be one Bitcoin. It could be ten. It could be it could be a fractional dollar. You know, like like dollars, like fifty cent pieces of pennies, and all that kind of thing. But the real genius in this whole thing is this. Even setting aside Bitcoin or any of the other cryptocurrencies out there, something called the blockchain. What the blockchain allows you to do is to conduct business without a bank account, without needs, and guarantee that whatever you're transmitting in terms of value gets to the other person without going through a bank or any oversight, per se. It's what we call an anonymized but not, but not an anonymous currency. So that's the broad description of what Bitcoin actually is. But it's actually more than that. When you're transmitting, you know, from place to place, your Bitcoin, something called the blockchain, which is the, the real genius behind this whole thing, you've got something called a wallet. And, you see, and you're beginning to see banks now have wallets for their customers, like the PNC wallet or the Citicorp wallet, et cetera. Well... What they don't realize is that once you've got a wallet, you no longer need their checking accounts. With Bitcoin and with all these other cryptocurrencies, no point in having a checking account. You don't need it because you are your own bank. You store all your own value, right? And you can back it up in multiple places. So if you lose your, your wallet, you've always got a data, a data piece, you know, that will allow you to recover your, your Bitcoin in this example. And, you know, um, there are people out there that are billionaires in Bitcoin that bought Bitcoin when it was less than a penny. And today it's, it's going at about $2,200 for Bitcoin. So you can imagine someone who put $5,000 into Bitcoin when it was a penny, what they're thinking about these days. And, they, and by the way, they, forget, they would have forgotten about their Bitcoin. And they just did the math lately, right? So they may have 50,000 Bitcoin times $2,200. They're doing okay. The, uh, the thing is that with Bitcoin, like any other currency, it's got to be accepted by the people who want to use it. I can go and buy it. I can go buy a new Tesla. I can buy a house with Bitcoin. You'll accept it. 
uh, Tesla allows me to, to, to buy cars using Bitcoin. Um, it's like a dollar. Is the dollar universally accepted all over the world? No. Is it accepted in China? Probably not. you got to convert it. Bitcoin is the same. Al, i got a question. Yeah, go ahead. When you when you get to a good stopping point, I just wanted to try to get it in here. Um, let's say you buy some bitcoins. Yes, sir. And the value goes up. Are you yes, taxed sir. on Are you taxed on that increase? No. No, you're not taxed on only There's when no you income convert. tax, no capital gains, or anything like Nothing. that. Nothing. Only at the point where you sell use the bitcoin do you do you pay capital gains. So, for example. Tax loss. Of course you do. The tax loss. 
but you, but Ray, you you don't you can't take if it goes down you and you sell it, then you can take a loss. But you can only take a loss on your gains. If you have capital gains on other stocks, you take a loss. Right. You see what I mean? I'm not going to just send you cash clear. I don't know. Right. Let me al. Let me ask this: If you sell your Bitcoin, you make you make money on it, right? Uh, do you, is there a form? Do they send a form ten ninety nine to the government? No. Well, then you would no. you would have, the government would have no record of it then. Well, that's right. You got to be. It's on the honor system. And you would have there to pay no, taxes. You have, yeah, it's, it's totally on the honor system. You there is no Bitcoin Inc. There's no there's no Bitcoin Incorporated. There's no there's no Bitcoin anything. Bitcoin is just a medium of exchange. And so, you know, for example, if, for example, if you would, if you would dig gold out of the ground, right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, you were to um, uh, sell your gold, and mm-hmm. it cost, say, $10 an ounce to dig it out of the ground, and you sold your gold for, what is gold now? $1,200 an ounce? $1,400 an ounce? That. Yeah, about it. Okay. So you would pay the differential between the ten dollars that it cost you to get dig it out of the ground and the fourteen hundred dollars that you actually sold it for so you paid tax on one thousand three hundred and ninety dollars for that for that ounce of gold. In the case of Bitcoin, okay, it's the same kind of thing. Assuming you bought Bitcoin say at two hundred dollars last year and you and you go to sell that same Bitcoin that you've been holding, um, and it's now twenty two hundred dollars per Bitcoin. You pay the differential between the two hundred dollars and the twenty two hundred dollars in ta- there'd be taxes on that. There'd be income taxes on that kind of thing. Now if you keep it if you keep it for longer than a year, I believe it's capital gains tax, for which there is I guess under Mr. Trump's new rules, holds it long enough and there'll be no capital gains tax. So that'll be kind of cool. It only it's only the subject when it's less than a year in his under his new rules that you pay ordinary income tax. That's my understanding, okay? But, you know, the rules change all the time with these people. Have you ever sold Bitcoin, Rail? Have I ever sold any? Yeah. Let me say, I've sold, sold a few. Yeah, and yeah. you got your money? Of course. What the hell? I don't know. I don't have you. Who? You, who, who well, you, you, you sold it. Someone bought it. They sent you a check, or how did they pay you? Basically, basically, I I, I, I sold it to an exchange. Okay. And uh, Bitrix uh, handles handles the uh, the transaction. Mm-hmm. And the and the and the U.S. dollars were trans were electronically trans transmitted into my bank account, my ordinary U.S. Is there a brokerage fee over that? What's that? Is there a brokerage fee when you do that? No. Hey, Al, is it true if you put $100 into uh, uh, Bitcoin in 2010, it would be worth $73 million? Possibly. It depends. I'll take a look at the pricing. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly what the pricing was. If, for example, see, the thing of it is that in 2010, and, and in 2009, Bitcoin pricing began to take off. I think that yeah. I think that you know when it first came out, it had no no notional value. You didn't know what it would work. However, um, you know you have to tell me exactly when you you put this money in. Uh-huh. You know, so, you know, 
give me an example, and I could I could figure, figure it out. And if you would, and then a date when you sold it, I could tell you exactly what you uh, what the difference would have been. You know, there are some people that became billionaires doing this. Um, Bitcoin has lately jumped in this, in this notional value from something around ten billion to forty billion dollars in the past few months in its valuation. Somebody got very rich very quickly. You know, but by the way, Bitcoin is not the only digital currency out there. Okay, there are others that are coming that are coming along that will do essentially the same thing. We have different purposes, right? Um, some people will have a particular coin made for community. So, for example, I'm working with the American Indians, several tribes of the American Indians, and they want to use one of their one of their their, their coins. I'll tell you what it's called, Monza coin. Corn, it's corn coin, right? Which right now has been around for a number of years, but they haven't been able to figure out a way to get it generally accepted inside their reservations. Well, I'm working with someone right now that's we're able to do that in general, right? So, um, as far as they're concerned, the only currency that'll be able to be used inside all the reservations in the United States and in Canada will be Monza coin and dollars. Now, if you're, if you're smart and you realize that Mazacoin is going to go up in value, there's only a limited amount of Mazacoin, and you decide you're going to hold on to 100000 of them, for example, and you paid for them, say, 10 bucks, so they went to $5 a piece over the next few years, you did pretty well. You didn't spend them. At the same time, you'd be able to use Mazacoin that, that, that's in place right now and be able to buy goods and services. You know, buy your, your goods, your your groceries, your shoes, your gasoline, et cetera, inside, inside the you know, American Reservation community. This is only beginning to happen now. You can, you can look them as a, as a coin right now. It's traded um, on the exchanges, okay? It's not worth a whole lot. Um, but, you know, that is a very specific purpose. It's for coinage inside the American Indian, North American Indian, you know, uh, uh, reservations. Ultimately, what they want to do is, have it uh, accepted universally, so it'll be accepted like dollars outside of the the, uh, the reservation. Maybe it'll be used in, in, in the Aboriginal tribes in in in, uh, in Australia. Maybe it'll be used in some of the tribes in Africa. I don't know. They want to grow its value, so it's you know it's, it's easily exchangeable between uh, Maza coin and dollars and that kind of thing. It's a very specific specific application to it. It's just, you know basically for, you know, for native tribes at this point. Its definition may may expand. Okay, but understand, it's like any other, any other money, you're buying goods and services just so you're using dollars, you know, to buy goods and services now, it's the same kind of thing. However, however, the reason that they would, they would they want this is because it's the cost of using the currency is much lower than using dollars. It's an anonymized currency, okay? Not everybody in the world knows what you're doing, you know, when you're buying and selling goods and services, and you can use it in, in, in contracts designed specifically for the use of these particular kinds of currencies. You'll hear the term if, if you decide to look further into um, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, et cetera. You hear the term called smart contracts, okay? These are contracts that automatically um, uh, do things without human intervention. There's an example of a company out there that's using, that's built an insurance product. The name of the company, you're going to laugh, it's called Lemonade. Lemonade writes um, homeowner's insurance in the city of Washington, uh, Chicago, and the city of New York City. 
you can look it up right now. It's called lemonade, just just the way exactly the way it's, it sounds. And it cut the cost of your homeowner's policy by 90%. How's that for, for a boot? So for whatever it costs you to, to insure your home and your goods and services, these guys have cut the cost using a smart contract, which which does things like the, like the following. Assume that your wife had a mink coat, right? And um, she's out to dinner with you, and you happen to live in Chicago or New York, and you bought one of the lemonade homeowner's policies. Somebody steals it. Well, she submits the claim online electronically, and the money, if, unless there's something wrong in the, in, the, in the actual claim, something stupid looks like it's looks like fraud or not, and the money will automatically, electronically, be put into your bank account within an hour. How's that for a difference compared to what we've got these days? Um, so, you know, um, that's what smart contracts do. That's what blockchain does. That's what Bitcoin ultimately will do. But they're doing it with U.S. dollars right now. They call lemonade. Cool. I like it, you know. Um, does that help at all? Am I talking yes. to a dead telephone? Oh, I'm still here. I, I, I was on mute. I was on mute, Al. Sorry, I was, I was talking, but I was on mute. Yeah, that's that was okay. pretty good. Well, that's what lemonade does. You can look at lemonade right now. And what I want to do is, is to have a crack and peel lemonade insurance operation, different companies for different communities using, you know, your your credit union. So you have whatever the name of your credit union, my credit union is Lafayette. I'd like it to be, you know, the Lafayette Credit Union's, you know, smart contract, homeowners insurance for my house, yeah. oh my good, et cetera. Okay. And then the money stays in the community. And you already know what my idea is, Fred, that I want to have money created and stay in the community and not be leaking out to shareholders and all that kind of thing. I want the money reinvested back in the local community. Um, not, not a very original idea, but I think a useful idea, you know, the money that produce, produce in the community, in the community. You know, that, that's the idea. I think that's what you can do. That's why Bitcoin and, and all these other currencies are so intriguing. You can, you can localize how they use and where they use, you know, uh, depending upon how you describe them, how they're designed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, really, it's really quite interesting. But we've only begun to see what these digital currencies are really all about. Um, Fred pointed out to me, for example, a couple of days ago about a Capital One wanting to use <coughs> Bitcoin and the blockchain for health insurance, uh, no, actually reporting health insurance payments, reporting you know, information about your health, about your health, all of that. Well, where, where I live in Northern Virginia, right, um, the uh, Capital One, the bank, they have, they've devoted an entire uh, uh, section of the bank to the blockchain and using smart contracts to do payments and you know, for health insurance and things like that. I'm only beginning to understand a little bit what the, about what they're doing. Um, Fred turned me on to it. I'm, gonna, I'm checking it out now. Um, but the thing of it is, is that over the next five to ten years, whether we like it or not, um, the blockchain, Bitcoin, all this, all this cryptocurrency has become a reality of life. Um, and, you know, of course, there's the possibility of making some money by holding on to certain cryptocurrencies and converting them from, you know, where you bought them to, you know, to things like Bitcoin. I mean, the guy that spent $5,000 on Bitcoin you know, in the year 2009, he held all of it. 
is a multi multi billionaire today on five thousand dollars worth of purchase or exchange for Bitcoin. And there'll be other currencies that do essentially the same thing. But ultimately what you're gonna to want to have happen with all these these digital currencies that they use it in day-to-day commerce. And it isn't as outrageous as that might sound. All of us here are old enough to remember mom get, collecting green stamps. Do you remember that? Well, she would yeah. get green stamps purchase yeah. that she had. Well, and, and then after she gets so many green stamps, she traded for something, either food or she traded for a discount or some pots and pans, you know, all those kinds of things. Well, that was a currency, right? Well, that's not so different than what, what dollars are or what, you know, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is all about. It's just a, it's just a, different, a different medium of exchange. Remember, my mother had books and books and books, and she wrote down everything she ever purchased in, a, in, her, little, in her little notebook. I'd wonder, I wonder if, you know, if she did it all my life. You know, she did it until she was in her, in her 90s when she died. You know, and I wonder, what are you doing? But she could tell, you, could, you could tell what the price of things were, you know, for the past 90 years. You know, and, you know, and, and so, and she had offsets with, with you know, green coins, green, you know, not green, but green stamps and blue stamps and all this stuff she used to calculate, right? So, you know, the same thing is going to happen with, with these, these cryptocurrencies, right? Um, and they're going to be, you're going to be using cryptocurrencies, for, for example, when you go and do discounting, right? When, when you have instead of having a coupon, okay, that you clipped out of your newspaper, you'd be able to use a digital currency. So, for example, you go into your local Safeway or Giant or whatever your whatever your, your grocery store is. Instead of having to worry about, you know, all these different kinds of coupons, you'll just they'll say, well, do you want to pay in, in dollars, or do you want to pay in, you know, whatever currency that you want to use, Bitcoin, for example. And for that, you might get a 10 or 20 percent discount. Holy mackerel! You know, if you've got a, a you know hungry family that's consuming at 500 dollars of food a week. Over the course of a, over the course of a year, this you know that's two thousand five hundred dollars you know that you save in groceries, because the person who took that 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 currency may make even more than that they hold the currency and it depreciates and they get this conversion to the higher value, but they're giving you a discount on your food. That can happen for anything. That's what Tesla's yeah. betting. You know, a Tesla, for example, starts at eighty-two thousand dollars, and the one my wife wants is only one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. God help me. Um, and so, you know, they're saying, we'll, 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 we'll give you the, whatever Tesla you want in Bitcoin, for example, and they're going to hold it for three or four years, and they think they're going to make some money at it. They could be right, and they could be wrong. I don't know what to say about that. Um, all I know is that I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against Elon Musk too many times. I mean, the guy invented PayPal, SpaceX, and uh, um, Powerwall, which is now going to convert all of our utilities make them useless. You can, if, if you've seen what his brand new, his brand new uh, power uh, wall is all about. Oh, the tiles, the sun tiles, yeah. Yes, that's it. You can never, you can never be, you can never have lose your utilities ever. And you sell your excess, your excess electricity production to the local grid. And by the way, it costs less than your electric bill that you have now. If you need a new yeah. roof for your house. Well, get one, get one of his, 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 you know, his power wall systems, and it'll cost about 60% of what it costs now for your electricity. But you're not paying the, the, the local power company. You're paying, you're paying, you know, uh, 
You have SolarX, which is the name of the company, SolarX. And and by the way, if there's any upgrades in the in the in the tiles, you put them on free of charge. If they break, they replace free of charge. And this is it's a 20-year lease, is what they talk they're talking about. And it produces power, you know, all the time. And then the, when the sun is down, they've got the batteries inside your garage or wherever you're going to put them that converts from digital, you know, from DC direct direct current to alternating current, so you can run everything you've got now. This is you're doing right now. It's it's neat. It's really kind of cool. You know, um, we've gotten off the topic of Bitcoin, but I'm, I'm not fascinated by all these things. They just they're you know they just kind of interesting. Is there any questions well, you're, about this? Yeah, your phone yeah. quality is really really good. It's just pl- it's a like pleasure it? finally he- yeah hear- hearing you uh, with a good quality phone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can tell I can tell you this much: these 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 Galaxy phones, through your carrier, Fred Verizon, okay, are not cheap. Are not cheap, you know. But it's worth it. You're right. The quality is so much better. I had a Motorola phone after the after the iPhone. I hated it, and so did you. And everybody else yeah, hated yeah. it as well. Terrible, so, terrible. The last year and a half. Yeah, this is much better. This is much much better. You're right. But this phone, Fred, is gigantic. It's almost like a tablet almost. It fits in my pocket, you know, um, and it, it, re- it retains um, the, the charge and everything, you know, really well. And obviously the call quality is great, you know. Um, and for the three of us, I think the phone with unlimited service is about $150 a month. Unlimited yeah. everything, you know, okay. which is a lot less than it used to be. I mean, remember what that would have cost a few years ago. Would have been three or four hundred dollars a month, you know, outrageous, and you had to worry about, you know, how much phone time you were using and all that kind of thing. I don't worry about that anymore, right? Um, yeah, it's like everything. It's like everything else. I mean, my 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 internet service is three hundred megabits per second right now, a download, and it used to. You remember when it used to be five and ten and, tw- and twenty was yeah. amazing. This is yeah. three hundred, and now and now the company it's a uh, I think it's Cox. It's just going to be, a, you know, a, a full gigabyte. So, I mean, it's, it's almost instantaneous as it is, and you can have seven or eight devices on this simultaneously. I think it's I think it's quite remarkable. It's too bad our government and the way things work in the world are not as fascinating and so pleasing as things like this telephone and what's happening to the Internet. But, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No. Anyway. I'm laughing, I'm laughing now because I use a $30 Go phone. It's $20 a month for unlimited long distance and text. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the whole other end of the spectrum. You've but got good internet. quality, though, Didi. It sounds good to me. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I, have an inter- I have Internet at home, but I had to laugh because he goes, it's only $150 a month, and I, I started laughing. I thought, oh, good on to you and those Bitcoins, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I think I think that I think that things are happening so rapidly that I I and you cannot keep up with the changes in the economy, with the changes of what the technology is actually doing to the thing. For oh all of yeah. Us. Well, if everything you know, else was moving and becoming as sophisticated in 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 the culture and in the uh, you know the the country, if everything was going at the rate that the telephone and and those kind of technologies are going, we'd be set up for a real 
deal in the 21st century, but, you know, we're, we're living in this archaic system with, with all this fantastic devices, you know, <laughs> kind of well, funny. I, I absolutely agree. I agree with you. I think that we could, we could live in fairyland if we wanted to. And, I mean, I mean, as you, as you all know, my wife does drug development for, you know, pharmaceuticals, and she does it from the bench to the bedside. And the archaic way things work is you start, you know, building your, your brand-new drug in your garage, basically. And then it goes through three or four iterations with the government called clinical trials. And, of course, you can't afford to do the clinical trials, and the big drug companies buy it up, which makes the price go through the roof, and we don't get the drugs that we're supposed to be getting. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and yet the technology all exists to make us feel better, be better, you know, to live longer and all of that, that kind of thing. Um, two weeks ago, and I'm going to boast a little bit here, guys, my son graduated medical school. You have no idea how proud I am. It's unbelievable. There were, there were 58 doctors that graduated medical school, you know, we're up in Connecticut, New Haven, and they asked the doctors in the room to, to, to um, uh, repeat the Hippocratic Oath, right? 50 parents, 50 doctor parents stood up with the other 58 brand limited doctors, you know, and it was amazing standing in this room in, in Connecticut and, and watching all the people. But when you, would t- when you get to talk to the doctors, you know, uh, afterwards, you ask them what the problems are, and they said, well, you know, it's basically greed and, and other things that are stopping them from actually practicing medicine the way they want, right, the way they should be practicing medicine. I mean, these people, these people are, I mean, the, the, uh, the, 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 the dean of the school was in tears almost. It was amazing. He was almost in tears as he was graduating this class with, with my son in it. You know, I was amazed by it. And this is, it's, by the way, this is not Yale. This is a university called Quinnipiac University, which is in, which is Bradford, Connecticut, 15 minutes north of New Haven. And I didn't know anything about the school, but then over the past four years, I realized what was actually going on there. They, they'd hired professors from Yale, Harvard, Brown, um, uh, some, some universities in, in England. I forget the name of the the, the medical medical college. They're bringing in from, from USC, University of Chicago, et cetera. And um, the dean of the school, former dean of Yale. And um, this is the first graduating class. Now, it's amazing because they had 2,000 applicants for the first year, you know, and they, and they invited 50 to, 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 to matriculate, matriculate. 60, pardon me. Two didn't make because they got sick. But um, it's amazing what's beginning to happen now in the educational institutions. Um, but, but the reason the thing was so profound for me, not the fact, not only for the fact that my son is now a physician, which is, you know, boast me. Actually, it's all him. He worked his ass off. Um, but the thing is that watching how thinking in medicine has evolved, he, he is not there, I can tell you this with absolute certainty, he is not there to make money. He's going to work in the emergency rooms. Although, you know, for the, probably for the, beginning for the first 10 to 15 years of his, his medical career. He likes the action. You don't make a lot of money fixing people's broken bones, people getting shot, other people getting poisoned, or people coming with a stomachache, you know. Um, and uh, he doesn't, And the thing is about this university is that the, the nature of what they do, they don't have to work, on, work with grants. They're so well endowed 
which is really shocking, um, that they were, the the the, tra- the teaching the teachers there were able to do pretty much what they want to teach to train the students. This the graduation, by the way, is on YouTube. It's the Frank H. Netter um, Medical School. Netter was the, the leading medical. Um, uh, I guess he he drew bodies and he did all kinds of you know um, not animation so much as he was one of the, the leading um, like like Michelangelo. He would describe and 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 draw various parts of the body and and those kinds of things. But the interesting thing about this particular school is they went from when uh, ten years ago this university they had a twenty million dollar um, all they were spending was twenty million dollars on their students. In ten years, it went from twenty million to four hundred and fifty million dollars. Somebody is doing something right, sure. and so on this on these for these students, I was I was blown away, absolutely blown away by what I saw, and where I wasn't handed, you could see from a hill where we were, you could see the rolling hills of Connecticut. And I lived in Connecticut, I never saw these hills. I lived in Connecticut for a long time, I never saw this place. You could see the rolling hills going down to down to the Long Island Sound. And I, you could see Long Island and the and the sound. It was like being in fairyland. It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest. Um, wow. Uh, it was the, the weirdest feeling I've ever had in my life. I felt like I went to heaven. I thought, did I touch God? Am I still alive? It was hey, really Al, is, is Quinnipiac the same? Isn't that the same university? It's in uh, with Fairfield and Siena and all those. Quinnipiac. That's it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Um, it. Um, has an Indian name, and it, it's the yeah. school with all of those. Those um, um, uh, they do do all of the, the, the surveying, you know, the polling. You see CBS. You'll see oh yeah, ABC. the Quinnipiac vote poll. Yeah, I, I got That's that. Yeah. The, yeah, the same guys. Um, and it was it was surprising, the quality of the students. I never heard. Of, you lived in Connecticut, Fred. I lived in Connecticut. I never heard anything about it. Yeah. You know, and, and I thought when somebody decided to go there, said, oh, he's not going to go to Yale, he's not going to go to Brown, et cetera. And that's a little disappointed. I'm not I'm disappointed at all anymore, given what happened. You could see what they were, what they were doing in the graduation. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, everything's new. It was, I mean, in the middle of Connecticut, you know, these people, you know, these people, you know, make a penny scream 50 times before they spend one in New England. You know what that's about. Um, but this place has gone mad. And the interesting thing is that they are they are challenging places like Harvard and Brown. I mean, not to toot my own my own son's horn, but I was going to do it anyway. Um, he was <laughs> he was given an award as the leading as as the leading future doctor for all of New England. That's wow. up against Yale, Harvard, and Brown. He got that award two years ago. He got that award, wow. right? Wow. And I thought. I don't know what this all means, but it's got to be good, you know. But then, but then something happened along the way. Um, Philip got thyroid cancer, not thyroid cancer, but some small little cancer um, under his neck, and he's been treated for it. He'll be treated for the rest of his life. It's not that it's severe, oh. but he yeah. wrote about it, and he won't let me. He won't let me pu- publish what he wrote. But everybody that's, re- that's read it, that's why he, they, he was, you know, he was granted to, to go to Harvard and to Brown, but he decided. For his residency, he's going to work in a military hospital. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it's strange. Nothing, and he's not going to get anything for it other than being, you know, working in the emergency place down in Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. You know, yeah. so 
I'm not moving back to Connecticut. I think I'm staying in Virginia. <laughs> I know I'm staying in Virginia. <laughs> hey guys, I gotta I gotta call it a night. Uh, and I gotta. It's been a long day with Simon, our cat. I gotta bury him tomorrow. And uh, I'm sorry, Fred. Yeah. I, all I have is a, a cardboard box with a blanket inside, and I'm gonna put it. I put a put a plastic bag around it and just say a prayer and dig a deep hole tomorrow. I I I can't. I, this what idea about, of having. Yeah, what you know, about, Fred, it'll it'll biodegrade faster if you don't put the plastic on there. Really? You can, okay. also, you can, you can also call someone who does animal funerals, Fred, and get a maybe a little urn. Maybe you could have Simon, you know. Um, well, we we looked into cremation, but there there's no guarantee that there that the ashes aren't. Won't, I mean, you're getting basically mixed up animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not cheap either. It's expensive. I think it's one hundred and sixty dollars, and you're not yeah. you're going to get ashes of other animals, which is really gross. Yeah, so, you're so, doing the right thing, Fred, because then you can have it in your yard, and they, you can put flowers on it and stuff. I think really, that's a good idea. Yeah. So just just a just a, a cardboard box with a blanket inside, and just cover it up. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Remember, all of us came from dust. I know. Return. Oh, he's yeah. so beautiful. Even when he his eyes are open when he died, and he, they're still open, he's just a beautiful cat, guys. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and our son Thomas is having a hard time up in this new league. Uh, he struck out twice tonight and got hit by a pitch twice. Oh, oh. His, ba- his batting oh. average is zero through three games. Oh, wow. Uh, That's horrible. Yeah, it's been hard. It's been hard. So, you know, oh. uh, he'll, he'll turn the corner. He's a good batter. He wasn't invited up there. With, uh, he, 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 he's done very well in, in baseball, but he's just off to a, a hard start. So Yeah, it was a hard day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I'm calling it tonight. Al, Al, I'll give you a call tomorrow, okay? Thanks, Fred. We'll talk about yeah, the other thing. I'll, be, I'll be in touch, Stevie, as well. Thanks. Okay, Thanks, great. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks Fred. God bless you. See you guys. God bless you. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Yeah. Good night, guys. What was a pleasure. Appreciate it. A-U-N. American Underground Network. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.